everybody. Welcome to Cold Podcast. I'm Armando Torres. I'm Paigey Baby. I'm Andrea. That was oh. a very weird intro. I don't know what came over me. Oh, it's fine. Welcome to the show before the show. Uh, basically, we're just giving you a little bit of an intro before we get into this episode. So, a couple updates. We still have that survey up on all of our social media. You can find the link on Instagram at Colt Podcast. And on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also find a link to it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Colt Podcast. And also our Facebook group if you're a part of that as well. Yeah, please do it. Please join. There's a bunch of fun guys. It's and really fun. And people. <laughs> you're gonna take the quiz and gain your knowledge. It's gonna be great. Yeah. We don't ask for any of your personal information, and even if we had it, we're too stupid to do anything. I have no with idea it. what to do with it. I would just be emailing you to see if you like me. Honestly, if I just had, <laughs> if I just had your email, I'd just try and like I I try and sell your emails, but like not to like companies, just to like to a guy named Ted. <laughs> Ted, you want these emails? Hell yeah, I'm done with doing my talks. I guess I'll do emails now. <laughs> The other thing that we wanted to talk to you about is uh, giving us some reviews on iTunes. Uh, we wanted to see what you guys think, and we'd love it if you guys followed exactly what I said and gave us a five-star review. Thank you so much. <laughs> but if you could leave us a five-star review on um, specifically iTunes, because apparently that's only only matters, or wherever you're listening, that would be great. And uh, to incentivize you guys a little bit, I want to read some of these five-star reviews, which might make you leave us a funny five-star review. Just send us some real bull. Bullshit. Um, so here's uh, the three latest five star reviews. This one comes from ANG7482GGA. And it says, wow. uh, <laughs> man, they lost that username lottery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe ANG7481GGA was taken. Right? Yeah. Or ANG7480GGA. Or ang seven four. Okay. Okay. And he says, he gives a five-star review and said, but it was Flavor-Aid. Oh, we know. We it get just, it. It's really hard to sing Flavor-Aid. Don't drink the flavor aid. Oh, sounds yeah, wrong. It's really not good. Uh, this next one comes to us from X's and O's, but it's spelled X's like my X's. Oh, like the song. Yeah, X's and O's. Uh, and it says the perfect ratio of informative and funny. The hosts play off each other really well, staying on topic and finding the lesser known cults. If cults interest you, check them out. Staying on topic. Are you sure they listen to this show? My ex never gave me any O's, and that's why they're my ex. Uh, (laughs) All my exes live in Texas Boo Well, I mean, houses are more affordable I get it Yeah, that's really what it is Also, I send them all to Texas Every time I break up with somebody Do you just throw them with your giant arms? Yes (laughs) And this last one comes to us from Get down, make lunch Oh, fuck yes (laughs) Best name ever yeah, and the title is Cult Podcast Forever, and it says, Everyone on this podcast was amazing, and I sometimes listen for hours on end. They are extremely thorough researchers and super funny. The volume can sometimes fluctuate quite a bit, but whatever. Please keep telling us weird and amazing true stories about wackos obsessed with hang gliding, slash aliens, slash LSD, slash giant crystal dicks. You guys are the best. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Oh, the giant crystal dicks. Yeah, again, I'm not taking criticism uh, poorly at all. If you guys think that there's something wrong, please let us know in that there's survey. Yes. Yeah. New name for getting down will now be making lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, baby, I think you and me should, uh... 
put a sock on the door. Let's make some lunch. <laughs> you can butter my bread all night. <laughs> Baby, we gotta go make lunch right now. I am filled to the brim with mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, oh, oh god! <laughs> I just ruined sex and lunch. You wanna make a ham sandwich? <laughs> Yikes! Anyway, now that I've ruined your day, enjoy the show. <laughs> Bye. 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 Wait, wouldn't it be? Hello. Hello. Listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Casetta. Yay. And it's Armando's week. Yeah. Hello. Welcome back from our um, vacation. I yeah. guess. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It was my. It, you ever take one of those vacations where you're like, "Ooh, you know what sounds really nice? What if I was dying?" Yeah, it's that. There's something effing terrible going around. Half my office has it. It's bad. Oh, I think it's a case of the Mondays. Oh, only curable with lasagna. <laughs> Meow. <sighs> Okay. No, but really, it's strep throat, and it's, yeah, like, yeah. really bad. <laughs> so, it's my week again, and that means we're doing Crips Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> Armando deliberately told us not to prat in this episode, we and got, yet we did. We had a criticism that there was too many white women making gun noises <laughs> on the first one. <laughs> That's what a gun sounds like. Pachow! Bazinga! That's that's a gun, right? Yeah. Bazinga! Uh, yeah, so today we're covering a sort of different group uh, than the Crips. This group has an estimated 25,000 members, over 200 branches of itself, and it goes throughout East and the West Coast, prisons, the military, even other countries. It's got countless cases of assault, robbery, extortion, and murder, as well as an early stranglehold on the crack cocaine market of Los Angeles. We're talking about the Bloods. So woo, gang along, bang. Bang. You ain't got a pistol on hang. Don't hang. I ain't scared, nigga, I'm brag. I'm YG a rapper, any full-fledged bang. bang. The Crips, nah, I'm with this blood shit. Need a power ruin. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, what? Yeah, the, 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 the worst. That was the worst <laughs> choice for both of you. Did I just applaud violence? Oh, you applauded so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Last episode, we got uh, a couple of questions on um, one thing in specific. How are the Crips a cult? Um, Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as a group that rallies behind a leader. Um, That's all I remember, if we're being completely Uh, honest. That rallies behind an entity or leader that espouses beliefs outside the norm. Correct. Uh, One that asks for monetary or personal physical sacrifices. Right. Um, one that follows a doctrine uh, followed by the members, but not exactly followed by the leader. Uh, one that follows disconnection from family or other yeah. social groups. Isolation. Isolation. And, and groups that actively recruit new members. Yeah, we should probably look up what it actually is and say it, or else we're going to sound like idiots. That is exactly what it is, because I <laughs> looked it up for this purpose. Okay. <clears throat> 
So let's kind of break this down a little bit. Raymond Washington was a charismatic leader who brought together young men under the idea of forming a group that would protect their neighborhoods from crime. Charismatic leader. Everyone's rallying behind him. Uh, gang life comes with the sacrifice of quality of life. Not necessarily monetary, but a lot of gang members end up dropping out of school, and the rates of committing crime if you're in a gang are, and I don't think I have to say this, but I will, sky high. But also- don't don't a lot of gangs need, like, an initiation, which could almost be, like, a sacrifice? A little bit. Bam! Joining a gang as a recruit comes with an initiation. Older gangs didn't really have initiation rights. Most modern crips have one way of getting people in here, jumping them in. You know who doesn't ever have to get jumped in? The leader! As far as sacrifices go, not to mention the life expectancy if you're in a gang. Oh, yeah, exactly. Plummets. But, uh, but being jumped in is really intense and it actually like represents a lot of what being in a gang is like uh what i have right here is a clip um from a vice documentary uh where the leader of a brooklyn set of the silent murder crips explains this there's many different things you could do to turn crit you know what i'm saying but a a lot of a lot of members choose to jump in you know my set, we don't do no 60 seconds or no this or, you know, like, we go to according to the person. We know you rock out, we're going to make sure we put somebody in there with you that's going to rock out. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to stop until you rock out. You got to show, you know, show us what you can do. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no part-time thing, you know what I'm saying? This is a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? We move like this. We want somebody that's going to be able to stand up for, them, stand up for themselves. Whether they with us or they by themselves, you know what I'm saying? We don't need nobody that's gonna run when they by themselves and pop shit when they with ten niggas or three niggas or you know what I'm saying? We need we we we, we need niggas that's gonna you know represent for themselves. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I have no <laughs> idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I. But what are you saying? You know what I'm talking about. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to get into it a little bit more throughout this episode, but I did a lot more of listening to interviews with former members of the Crips as well as the Bloods. One of my favorite things is the amount of times that you will just hear the phrase, you know what I'm saying? Just (laughs) all the time. And sometimes I heard a guy say, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And that's how he <laughs> finished a sentence. Was it Marshawn Lynch? I No, it was just some gang. He literally was like, you know what I'm saying? And then was like, what's the next sentence? Well, I guess that was it. Time to end it with the way you end all sentences. You know what I'm saying? That's actually kind of interesting. In the Bay Area where I'm from, it's yada da mean. Yada da mean? Yeah, yada da mean. That's the differences between um, basically colloquialisms. But I thought that was really... Stupid and really funny. Um, Gang life also comes with a different take on physical isolation. Certain gangs occupy different turfs, and if an area is claimed by a rival game, that area is either off-limits or extremely dangerous. This could mean that sometimes you live somewhere and your grandma lives over there. And if you're not cool with that, like, set, then you might just not be able to go see your grandma anymore. Also, your grandma be banging the other set and she gonna kill you. (laughs) That's really what this episode is about, is gangster grannies. That's what OG stands for. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, Original grannies? Yeah. (laughs) There's way too many blue hairs. It it was a good day. I didn't even have to use my AK. (laughs) 
gangs, especially in the late 80s and early 90s, as we'll see, were actively seeking out new members for recruit. So all of these things you can apply to a gang. And as we'll see, um, they sort of take on... It's strange because they have sort of the presence of a cult in the earlier part of the story. Mm -hmm. And towards the end, they'll take on um, sort of the the weird thing that we've set up for, like, terrorist organizations. I I feel like you could easily argue that many terrorist organizations are also set up like cults. Oh, yeah. They definitely are, which is something that we've talked about. But, like, with... uh, We'll make comparisons later, but different organizations that we've covered, you will see similarities between the way these two kinds of groups are run. So let's do a small recap from Crips Part 1. Last time, I kind of blew over um, the Black Panthers' rise and fall in Los Angeles preceding the, uh, the Watts riots. There, This is a podcast where sometimes we record for like an hour and a half. There are actually things that we cannot fully cover in depth. The The story of the Black Panthers is actually super interesting. And the way that the U.S. government kind of attacks them and takes them down through... Infiltration, the, Yeah, the really. use of infiltration without even necessarily needing it to happen is super interesting. And if you're interested in learning more about this story, you should go see Black Klansmen. Dude! Dude. Yeah. Yes. They don't need the free press, and we definitely shouldn't get into a tangent about it, but The Black Klansman is an amazing film, and it goes into um, the government sort of having a hand in infiltrating the Black Panthers. With that said, I'm blowing over things that we did the last episode, and there's certain things in the episode we won't cover fully. So, recap. Raymond Washington was a member of his neighborhood gang, The Avenues. While on the gang, Raymond beats up a kid who puts a gun to his younger brother's head. That kid was the brother of the leader of The Avenues. And so there's reports that when he beat Raymond up, he didn't just beat him up, he open palm slapped the shit out of Raymond. (laughs) Oh, yeah, did I mean? So, yeah, you know what I'm slapping? So, uh, (laughs) Raymond understandably stops being in The Avenues and he starts his own neighborhood gang called the Baby Avenues. (laughs) So Raymond, Stanley Tookie Williams, and Mac Thomas joined their gangs to transcend the lines of neighborhoods and become the first gang with turf on both the west side and the east side, come together as the Crips. Crips found strength in numbers. Using the school system, were able to recruit gangs from other neighborhoods and grow very rapidly. In 1972, two events caused a shift in gang life in Los Angeles forever. The first one, and these are all things that we covered, the first one was the murder of Robert Ballou Jr. And this murder was significant because it showed a shift in gang violence turning deadly against civilians. The second event was the murder of Frederick Lil' Country Garrett. Uh, Frederick was a brim who was killed by a West Side Crip, and this murder signified a change in the way that gangs had violence with each other. Previously, there wasn't a lot of murders between each other and then and they killed his brother who was a little bit rock and roll <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> dope and gangs are just killing each other because they're from different parts of the city and this led to the formation of the Crips sworn enemy the Bloods that's where we left off the last time so during the late 60s early 70s the Crips are absorbing smaller gangs The setup of new gangs was similar to the way that we see hierarchy in terrorist organizations. 
Basically, gang members report to a leader. That leader controls the gang and the turf. That gang as a whole reports to Raymond, and Raymond is the leader of the Crips. These gangs operate independently of each other, but under one group. And how old are the leaders at this time? So that's the thing, and that's maybe something that we kind of blew over. These are children. At the time that he started the Crips, Raymond was 15. Damn! By the time that he controlled the largest gang in all of Los Angeles, he was 16, maybe 17 years old. And how old are the children that they're recruiting? Like, how young are young recruits? Starting at 13, um, and generally 13 to 14. Basically, when you get into high school as a freshman, that's when the start of recruitment begins. Which, yeah. which is crazy because, like, if you think about how dumb you were when you were 13 and you think about kind of the choices you made, like, basically these kids are getting, they're setting themselves up for this horrible, horrible future and they don't even, they're not even old enough to really understand the consequences. Oh, not at all. And that's something that, like, when you see pictures of these people, you see them as, like, yoked out bodybuilders and you forget that they're just, like humongous children that's all they are are just trying to not die yeah that's really what they are and i think you can really take a look at the way that these people act when presented with certain actions and you'll see that these are just high school kids they're literally just people reacting in the way that high schoolers react to other shit so you have this interesting thing with gangs where all of their history is an oral history um, where you suck the information out of the... Okay, okay. And I'm then so cradle sorry. the balls of your history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone should really shave the history. <laughs> yeah, if you could shave it down, that would be great. You don't want the history to... That makes it look so much younger, though. And then you can't... Oh, somebody nicked the history. <laughs> it's... Oh, that's how you get the history of the blood. Oh! oh. <laughs> you added at me? <laughs> so, um... But very seriously, (laughs) the history is all explained from people that were there from eyewitness testimony, um, and a lot of it is sort of hearsay, you know? Everyone paints themselves in a portrait where they're more important, or so-and-so was wrong, or this was not this, Um, and so a lot of the way that you get your information is you have to check multiple sources and just see what kind of adds up. I talked about this last time, (sighs) and because of this... Because I was deeping into the Crips and not into the Bloods for the first episode, I was looking into different sources. Now that I've checked into the Bloods and I fell down some pretty deep rabbit holes of research, I am actually sad to present the shitty little brother of the speculation zone, (laughs) the correction zone. Welcome to the correction zone. In the last episode, we said that Raymond Washington was the one who bullied students from Compton. But actually, that wasn't true. Because Raymond Washington rarely traveled the five miles that it took to go to Centennial High School. In fact, he wouldn't often go to that side of of Los Angeles, of South Central. So let's cover the groups that did live in Compton. Um, last week we covered uh, basically the two main leaders of the Crips. Basically the way that it went is Raymond just beat people up and joined a gang and then got people to join his gang. And then in high school he met Tookie because they went to the... Uh, Raymond kept getting kicked out of high schools and then he went to Washington Preparatory High School where he met Tookie who was just like the second biggest guy on the yard. So he just <laughs> went up and he was like... 
hey man, you like weights? And Toki was like, fuck yeah man, I like weights. And then Raymond was like, sick dude, I think we're probably going to be friends. I, think that- <laughs> <laughs> I hey feel man, like that's how most friendships start. Especially with in weights? high school. Yeah, in high school. It's just like, you like that thing? I like that thing. We're oh, best friends oh now. Hey man, do you like the way that um, somebody's nose feels when you smash it under your hand? And then Toki was like, yeah dude, that's like my favorite thing. And then Raymond was like, do you want to go get like milk together or something <laughs> milk i don't know why you think that but okay. i don't know they just whenever i think of high school i think of those bags of milk not even like the boxes of what? milk what are you talking about you guys never have bag milk no. no oh um lunches at my school used to be uh milk inside of a plastic bag and then um a hamburger bun with peanut butter on it Ew. What? Yeah. That's, that's what you... fucking disgusting. That's what they would give you if you couldn't afford a, a good lunch, which was a bag of milk and uh, a microwaved pizza. Damn. Yeah, anyway, that's where my joke comes from. Gotcha. <laughs> that's where my funny joke of milk comes from. It's because all I associate with high school is milk. Gross. <laughs> yeah, but it's just weird. Like, they just met. And that's the thing, is that, like, the first time I was reading it, I was like, oh, and that's when Raymond Williams' mastermind behind the Crips gang met Tookie, a similar gang leader. No! These are just kids who met in high school. And it's like, hey, man, you ever notice how, like, Miss Bencher's a real bitch? And then the other <laughs> one was like, yeah, man, if I could, I would have my gang killer. And the other one was like, dude, you have a gang? And he was like, yeah, dude, I have a gang. And then they were like, I'm fucking sick, dude. <laughs> That's what they were. They were just kids. They were just kids getting over with kid shit. And it's very upsetting to think about it. But, like, that's what happened. So we covered them, but we also had a third guy um, who we didn't cover as much because, honestly, I couldn't really find a lot about him. And that was Mac Thomas. So let's dive on in to this story with Mac Thomas and the Compton Crips. He had a similar upbringing to Raymond Washington in that his family came to Los Angeles during the Second Great Migration, and eventually they settled in the middle-class city of Compton, California, which to most people out there, the statement, middle-class city of Compton, California, is probably astounding. It's not actually that bad. Despite everything I'm about to say, it's actually not terrible. Mac Thomas attended Centennial High School in Compton, which is the same school that Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar both went to. That's just a little fun fact for you. They're not really involved in this story at all. I just thought I'd give you a little bit of fun before we get really dark. So, um, Mac Thomas was violent and very focused on hustling. Hustling is something that's going to come up a bunch. And um, hustling is one of those weird words because when I was in high school, the only... When you said hustle or hustling, the only thing that I would associate it with is uh, Hustler Magazine, which is porn mags that I found under my stepdad's bed. My parents made us listen to disco, mm-hmm. so I would associate it with Van Morrison's The Hustle. Oh, what are you? My parents work really hard, and that's all that we talked about. We went to a lot of Gotta church. get on the hustle. <laughs> Gotta get the hustle. Hustle up, kids. Come on. We gotta dig this ditch before you can go to your school dance, even though you're already an hour and a half late, and I said I'd leave. Wait. Oh, my God. Hold on. Wait, what? Hold on. Why were you digging ditches? Because we were still building our house. My dad made me dig this ditch. I was already dressed for the dance. It was the first dance at my school. I was already dressed for the dance. I dug a ditch in my dance clothes, and then I had to go change, and I was an hour and a half late to my dance. Did he make your date dig a ditch, too? I didn't have a date. I was in seventh grade. You should have had a full gang by then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, Mac Thomas was very violent and focused on hustling, hustling, 
meaning the accumulation of wealth through extortion, robbery, or crime in general. Basically, when people say they're out there hustling, it's basically out there committing crimes. And this hustle changes from time to time. Um, both of these things, being focused on hustling and violent, uh, can be seen in an excerpt from the 1979 documentary Tattooed Tears, in which Mac Thomas makes a brief appearance when he's yelling at a correctional officer over the quality of his food. I'm going to play a small clip for you here. No, but I'm asking you, man, what you, you got to do. I'm asking what you got to do. I told you, it ain't, enough, it ain't up to us to do it. Now, hey, so do it, man. You supposed to be the head senior. I don't give a damn, I give a damn if, I'm, if I am or not. Oh, so if I go out there and kick their motherfucking man, ass and fuck me my food, if I do, what's going on? You're not going out there. Who's going to stop me? If I decide to go out there, who's going to stop me? You're not going out there. You're not going out there. Did you tell me I won't? I'm telling you, you're not going out there. You don't think there. I can? I'm telling you, you're not going out there. Wait a minute, do you think I'm I can? I'm telling you, you're not going out there. Do you think I can? I'm telling you, you're not going do out you there. Do you think I can? I'm telling you, you're not going I'm out there. I'm asking, do you think I can? And I'm telling you, you're not going out there. Who's going to stop me if I'm I telling you, you're not going out there. Well, I'm just, I'm just putting it like this. And I'm telling you, I'm just putting it point like this. And I'm putting it point like this. Yikes. Yeah, he's very violent, um, real angry guy. That is, I should say, in 1979, so that is well after this. That is where he ends up, and we'll kind of talk about that later. But in his high school years, Mac Thomas started his own gang comprised of neighborhood friends. He also took a few notes from a friend, um, somebody else that lived on the west side, Stanley Tookie Williams, and used the school that he went to to spread his gang. Um, Mac began to grow his numbers by recruiting fellow students and bullying others who didn't want to join. Among those who were bullied were Sylvester Scott and Benson Owens, two kids who lived in different neighborhoods of Compton but still had to pass through Mac's turf. Uh, Sylvester and Benson formed their own gang with guys from their own street in order to protect themselves. In a similar fashion to other gangs at the time, they named theirs after the street they lived on. And this was the birth of the Piru Street family. So this is something that I needed to correct. Originally, we said that Raymond Williams was the one who uh, bullied them, and then they became the Piru Street Boys. That's not true. They were bullied by Mac Thomas just in life, just in general. And they were, so this is like every day you have to just walk through somebody's turf. And they were like, hey, you guys know how we all walk home together? What if we just, what if we just all walked home together? And then if they fuck with us, we can just fight back. Right. And then everyone was like, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good to me. Can we stop at a McDonald's? Oh, I'm kind of hungry. Come on, get something to munch on. Um, the other thing is that last episode, a lot of people are confused as to where the color red comes from. And a big reason that they chose red is because of the school that they go to, Centennial High School, their school colors are burgundy and black. Oh. So that's where red comes from for Piru. It, it's red because they all went to that school, so they just made red their official color. If we'd gone with my school colors, it would have been purple and gold, which are horrible gang colors. That's the Lakers' colors. Horrible. <laughs> I don't know. The Lakers are a pretty successful gang. All right. Um, <laughs> in the late 1960s, Raymond Washington started attending Washington Preparatory High School. That's where he meets Tookie, and they basically just, like, I don't know, do, like, a really cool, like, when they, they like, join arms, and there's, like, the sweat beating off of them, and they're, like, just a bunch of sweaty high schoolers, and they're like, dude, I love muscle shirts. <laughs> Raymond Washington, he and Tookie um, join forces, but Tookie has a friend that he'd like to also bring in on this, and he brings in Mac. Thomas, who forms the Compton Crips. Um, 
despite the new growth of the Compton Crips, who are now able to basically absorb smaller gangs that existed in the same area of Compton, the Pirate Street family remained resilient. They were not backing down. And that's the thing about the Bloods, is they are almost always outnumbered. And they don't give a fuck. They're so resilient. In fact, I watched multiple documentaries where Crips describe Bloods, and they're like, oh yeah, Bloods are like real intense. The Crips, the biggest street gang <laughs> in America, described the Bloods as a little intense. <laughs> this is showing you that their entire group forms out of rebellion. It's all like, oh, you're going to fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with you. And so they start their own group. Why did they not just join the Crips? Because if they're going to start a whole new gang, then you got to fight all the time. Why not just join that gang? Well, in 1969, during the start of the huge growth for the Crips, Raymond only cared about recruiting new members and absorbing smaller gangs. So he came to Sylvester and the Piru Street family and actually absorbed them into the Crips. And this is something I didn't know about before, but this is when they changed their name to the Piru Street Crips. They started out as uh, basically a way to like fight against Mac Thomas, and they became Crips because exactly like you said, it makes sense. If the Crips are taking up everybody, you mean it means you're going to fight less, it means that you don't have to take on more people, and it means you join the biggest network of gangs in Los Angeles at the time, fucking why not join them, you know? So that's what they did. They joined the Crips. Well, this really upset Pissy Pants Mac Thomas. Mac Thomas was so upset with Raymond because Raymond signed the Compton Crips' biggest enemy and even showed them where the Compton Crips' turf and hangout spots were. So he just showed him basically everything that he needed to know about their enemy. Tensions and outbursts between the Pirate Street Crips and the Compton Crips didn't cease after they were both Crips, by the way. They just kept fighting. They were just both, like, it's... Imagine that you're at your work, right? You're at your work, and every day when you leave your work, there's a guy that's outside of your work. And every day as you're getting in your car, he goes, Hey, you suck ass! And you're like, hey, come on, man, that's not real nice. And he's like, no, no, I mean it. You really suck ass! And you're like, ah, fuck, dude. (sighs) Just let it go, man. Just let it go. And you get in your car and you drive away. And then you come back to work the next day, and then your boss is standing next to that guy, and he's like, hey man, uh, meet Pyro. He, uh, he actually just joined our work. And he's like, hi, nice to meet you, I heard you suck ass. <laughs> and then your boss is like, yeah, this is where, uh, this is where he likes to, uh... Suck he, ass. This is, where he, this is his desk, and he's like, oh, this is a nice desk. And then he shows, your, your boss shows him, like, your personal lunch spot or something, and he's like, oh, this looks like a nice place to suck down some ass. And he's just showing him everything that you know, and then, like, you work together, and so your boss is like, hey, I want you guys to play nice and you're like no pro-. he's like no problem boss but every time his boss leaves he's like hey man you still suck ass um but then that's what i mean that's what this is like it's just like having a coworker that you already hated it doesn't mean that you're gonna stop it just means that you're gonna like still bicker but you just you're supposed to be working together you know you know what i'm saying you know what I mean? You know what I mean? On leaving the Crips, A.C. Moses, uh, a.k.a. King Babalui, um, who was one of the original members of the West Side Pyrus, had this to say. I guess uh, 
You know when you're 15, when you're 14 and 15, you know 15 is like a turning point in your life and you start getting bigger, right? Yeah. And you start questioning your ability. When you're 14 and Raymond 16, he has that big brother mentality on you and you, do, you listen to what he's saying. He had that leadership mentality because he knew you were younger. And normally we feel inferior to guys that's older when you're a child. You know, when you become a man, start getting, you know, growing up and developing, your mind develops. It's like we start questioning each other how he talked to you. Man, Raymond talked to you like you're a bitch. Hmm. You know what I mean? And if uh, you was growing out of that bitch stage, <laughs> so to speak, uh, you would uh, accept that as a challenge. You know, and show this little bit, you know what I'm saying? I ain't scared of Raymond. So the Pyrus split from the Crips. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of uh, a who's who to avoid any kind of confusion. Raymond Washington, leader of the Crips. Right under him, Tookie Williams and Mac Thomas. These people all sort of know each other vaguely from outside of owning gangs and running gangs. And uh, they all just sort of join up to create a bigger gang that'll basically knock out any of the bigger gangs that are giving them any grief. So that's a big issue for them. They're getting hit hit by um, bigger gangs that are more established. So the thing that they didn't count on is not everyone really wants to join once you have numbers. So people kind of still fight back, and uh, Mac Thomas being a dick in real life leads to the start of a new gang, the Pyrus, led by Sylvester Scott and Benson Owens, but mainly Sylvester Scott. So gangs are interesting because you essentially have a bunch of tiny cults that operate within each other sometimes, and also they're just kind of like a like a teen drama. Like, it's just like, oh, some of them are cool with each other, and now, oh, none of them are cool with each other. It's just very confusing because, like I said, they're teenagers. They're right. just kids. and yeah, it's they're just, babies. Yeah, just remember, try to think back to your high school and just being like, so then I was cool with Mackenzie, and then I, and then me and Mackenzie stopped being cool, and then Chloe came up to me, and I was like, God, Chloe, and then your mom's it's, like... It's very mean girl. And then your mom is like, wait, aren't you cool with Chloe? And you're like, no, Mom, me and Gosh. Chloe have a blood feud that eventually leads to the crack epidemic in Los Angeles, California. It's just mean girls with guns. Yeah, that's all it is. It's very confusing, and that is sort of by design. None of this shit makes sense because it's all just a bunch of teenagers arguing with each other with the added bonus of, hey, sometimes let's kill each other. Right. It's horrible. Two things that we covered in the recap are the death of Robert Ballou Jr., who was murdered over a jacket. And when I said this changed the course of L.A. gangs, it's because it kind of did. The Crips set out to protect themselves from bigger gangs and to save their community. Well, now they just killed some dude over a fucking jacket. Like, have you just not heard of H&M? They're like 15 bucks, <laughs> dude. Come on. And so they're killing people over a leather jacket. And then comes the death of Frederick Garrett, who's a gang member from a different gang. And so now they're just doing the same thing where it was like, 
hey, remember when those bigger gangs used to pick on us? What if we're the bigger gang now? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's the thing that always happens and we see it over and over. With a lot of gang leaders, basically, it comes from the fact of like, I don't have any power. Man, I wish I had some power. Because if I had power, I'd be different. And you give them power and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do the same shit. I'm just going to do the same shit that has been done to me forever. And that's Mm -hmm. what keeps on happening. The more fun version of the correction zone, speculation zone. Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe the Pyrus stopped being with the Crips because it was like, no, this is some bullshit. You guys are just like, we started to defend ourselves from this bullshit, and now you've just become this bullshit. You could say it was the return of the Mac, Thomas. Oh my God, that's so good. I have been holding on to that for an hour and a half. That is so, that is genuinely the funniest thing that I've heard in the past hour. So the two gangs, uh, the Brims, who just had a member killed, and the Pyru Street family, fresh off of being out of their friendship with the Crips. um, Did they they burn the friendship bracelets? They get together and... uh, basically have a meeting and they say i'm fucking done with these crips let's start our own group and that gets the start of the bloods so here we have the bloods um the two gangs also invite smaller gangs uh that are facing violence from the crips to join them and basically any gang that's not crip affiliated which is not many of them but there are some out there they all become bloods by 1978, there were 15 total blood sets, and Crips still outnumber the Bloods three to one. So, in order to show their dominance, the Bloods become increasingly violent. Ooh. This is where we see the wars happen. You have people like it is rumored that Mac Thomas broke into a military facility and stole like military grade weapons, and that's how we started getting weapons on the streets. Some of the stuff isn't confirmed, but at some point they did. They got real military guade. Guade? <laughs> what a cute mishap for the most <laughs> deadly one. And then he hit him with the bullwits. Mm. But yeah, that's they like got this deadly weapons and we're not sure really how. It's all hearsay. He was just straight macking. I guess what you could say is him and McDonald's had one thing in common. Mac, attack. (laughs) So the Crips, in order to boost their revenue, uh, began hustling all over the city. This meant robberies and mainly prostitution because something big at the time was being a pimp. And that's kind of what, you know, takes over. You... Um, you start doing your hustle and being the bigger gang means that you control the sources of money for most of the city meaning if I'm running prostitution here you can't because I do that right so pimps wear purple though not I mean only in Halloween stores yeah Um, exactly is that because it could be blood or krypton no, I think it's just because that, that fabric is cheap. But um, <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie Black Dynamite, there is a fantastic scene with a meeting of the local pimps. Oh, yeah. Where they're debating whether or not they're going to sell drugs to the community. And there's a debate over whose turf is whose. But that's exactly what this reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it, that kind of stuff is all over. Like, black, Well, Black Dynamite is... Um, Kind 70s. of a satire spoof of uh, black exploitation films. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's but it, that stuff's all over black exploitation films of just like showing what it what, like pimps were up to, and that's kind of what was going on. Uh, that's even in um, 
uh, Trapped in the Closet even has yeah. a conference of pimps, specifically Pimp Lucius. <laughs> yeah. Never gonna stop pimping. Um, so this forces the Bloods to find a different source of income, and that's when, in the 1980s, the Bloods begin selling crack cocaine. And this makes their profits and memberships skyrocket. Selling crack inside of Los Angeles means you basically have to go through the Bloods. Jeez. How did, I mean, like, where did crack come from? Oh, boy. Let's have a fun little corner. It's called Crack Corner. Yay. Yay. Oh, Oh, God. My body is sore and I'll never get over the feeling of withdrawal. That's the saddest intro song to one of our segments we've ever had. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I do think it's funny that we called it Crack Corner, because corners are typically where you would find crack. Hey! Jimmy Crack Corner. But also prostitutes. I'm sorry, sex workers. Jimmy Crack Corn, and also cocaine. Okay, so um, crack cocaine is cocaine. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, um, but it's also a hell of an expense, if we're being completely honest. Yeah, it's it's pricey. I'm shocked that it's as prevalent as it is for as expensive as it is. Yeah, cocaine is really prevalent in um, richer white areas. It's it's a party drug. It's, you know, you're out there doing whatever you're doing. You're drinking, you're doing cocaine, and that's, you know, it's a party drug. Yeah, you want to feel invincible at your party. Yeah, yeah. if you're ever at Except the comedy store and you see somebody just, like, sweaty and being like, okay, so it's going to be a great show. I'm going to do this and that. They're on cocaine. Or they're me, and I'm just fat. I mean, that too. That, that, that's, the store is hot as hell. Yeah. So the thing is, is, is um, not just rich white people like cocaine. Everyone likes cocaine. It's because very cocaine addictive. Everybody. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> cocaine is very addictive, and it's also very good. Not for you necessarily, but definitely the feeling. So um, in order to kind of use that people found a way to essentially cook cocaine to get more out of it because when you sell cocaine on the streets you cut it usually you cut it with something like baby laxative or flour or cocoa um cut it what's it called cut it okay what cocoa uh i'm in love with the cocoa well cocoa is Cocaine. No, cocoa. Baking soda. That's what I was thinking. Baking oh, soda. Oh. I got baking soda. It was the other oh, song. Oh, okay. Part of the song. Um, yeah, you cut it with stuff that basically won't kill you. Um, but some... Typically, it's laxatives. So if you ever see somebody just like sweaty and taking massive dumps, cocaine. Yeah. I also... Or they're <laughs> me and I'm just fat. <laughs> um, also, it's not always cut with something harmless. It's also sometimes cut with things that are really bad for you. Borox. Yeah. And sometimes it's not actual cocaine. It's other drugs disguised as cocaine. So a good way to make it cheaper for everybody is crack cocaine, which is basically cocaine cooked into tiny rocks or crack rocks. It's cheaper to make and it's, oh my God, so much more addictive. Yeah. It is crack. Cocaine is a drug that you can do once that will release... Um, a lot of, I believe, dopamine and serotonin into your body. I'm also not a doctor. That should be the name of, uh, hey, I'm Armando, not a Dr. Torres. Like, you know who sure. is a doctor? You forgot about Dre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, 
Yeah, I I'm not a doctor, so this is all speculation zone. Uh, because for the sole purpose of like, I don't remember the stuff off the top of my head. When you do cocaine, it releases dopamine and serotonin, um, and it releases them in a way that you can do cocaine and not become instantly addicted to it. Some people do. Some people have a hugely addictive personality. But shout out, Dad. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it sad that all of the corners in your house were the cocaine corner? Okay. Oh. Yay! Oh, not my, my body hurts so much, and I'll never get over these withdrawals. What a terrible theme song I've created. Yeah, this is a horrible theme song. <laughs> but, um... When you do crack cocaine, the way that it's made is essentially it empties out your brain entirely. And you can get addicted to crack cocaine off of just the first time. Uh, And it's actually much more common and it releases everything. And that's crack cocaine. And this was a huge epidemic in all of America. The crack epidemic is insane. And the Bloods basically ran the crack epidemic. Yeah, fuck. It's just like, it's really frustrating because I think like, when you look at the crack epidemic and all the things that happened, people really want to put a lot of the blame on the gangs that sold the drugs. And they definitely did. I and mean, they, okay, you should put a little blame there. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. For is sure. that these are you didn't people, have to sell it. This is, this is something that is worth noting. These are people selling crack cocaine because they went, oh, I can't sell bitches? Yeah, yeah. yeah this no, was their alternative to mean, prostitution. Like, I just like and robbery. Think about the kind of desperation you'd have to feel to turn to this. I mean, the the crack epidemic was started essentially by gangs needing to have money so that they could buy more guns. Guns to fight each other. This was one of those things. Is like, yes, don't put the blame solely on gangs, but god damn, you got to put some of it there because oh, for sure, everyone's wrong. Everyone was wrong yeah. in that situation. Um. Yeah, and now we've reached sort of the end, uh, which is what I like to call, sadly, the death of all the OGs. Raymond Williams was killed in 1979. Raymond Williams was outside of his house, and uh, reportedly a car pulled up. Um, So he's, what, 26? Oh, yeah. He's a baby. He's still your age. He's so young. He's a little older than me. Um, (laughs) Yikes. But imagine building an empire... By the time you're 23, and then getting killed. I mean, it's literally Alexander the Great at that point. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, Raymond Washington was uh, killed. Killed. Um, he was hanging out in the neighborhood. A car pulled up. Reportedly, they called him over. And um, a lot of friends and law enforcement will vouch that Raymond Washington would never just approach a car that he didn't know. So, he approached the car. Uh, talked to them for a little bit, and then was shot in the abdomen with a sawed-off shotgun. He was immediately rushed to the hospital, but there's no saving that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sawed-off shotgun is going to fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. So Raymond Washington died in the hospital. Tookie Williams was arrested on, I believe, four counts of murder. Tookie Williams was arrested and um, eventually given the death penalty by uh, Governor Schwarzenegger and put to death. Uh, Tookie Washington died on death row. Um, Which, by the way, I don't know if you know how hard that is to do in California. Yeah, it's We real. don't kill hardly anybody anymore. No, but if anyone can kill you, it is the Terminator. Oh, for real, it, yeah. <laughs> it is that guy. Yeah. 
I think he was honestly, if you see pictures of Tookie Williams, he is just fucking yoked, dude. And I think, I think, honestly, Schwarzenegger a little jealous. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You're telling me there's somebody. I'm not doing a horrible accent. You're telling me there's somebody that's just as buff as I am, but also with a beautiful skin complexion. <laughs> that was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like half Arnold Schwarzenegger and half like robot. Vote for me if you want to live. It's just Russian now. I feel like they would have had to do the lethal injection with a turkey baster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I a, I a meat syringe. <laughs> I, can I just do this as my impression? <laughs> and then I mean, that's, that's a very it's, accurate total yeah. recall. Can we put Everyone. subtitles on this podcast? On this audible <laughs> medium? <laughs> on this audio medium? Mac Thomas. Return me. of the Mac. You know. Well, the end of the Mac. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here I am. Um... Mac Thomas, leader of the Compton Crips, basically the third in command. Uh, Mac Thomas, like I said, was a hustler. And when he, he went to um, Juvie for a little bit, and that showed in uh, Tattooed Tears. He went to Juvie for a little bit, and when he got out, he was like, look, gangs are cool, but I got to get my hustle on. I got to get my money up. And then um, he committed a heist with some other people and uh, reportedly was murdered over his share of the, of the take. How old was he? he Once was... again. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, he was 25 years old when he was shot over the share of the heist. Um, Sylvester Scott uh, reportedly went to prison, and I couldn't find the cause of death, but I did find an obituary. Died in 2010. So essentially, you have all of the people involved in this going to prison or dying or both. And we still know about the Crips and the Bloods because this is what I was talking about. You have this mentality of um, like a terrorist organization. There's no leader. It's just these radicalized people who start forming violence and, and hatred towards another group of people and you don't even remember where it came from. You have the Bloods and the Crips who were in a feud for years and there is a peace treaty that comes in certain areas at certain parts between certain groups of them but the Crips still fight each other and all of this stuff is based off of nothing. It's based off of Mac Thomas being a dick to some kids in high school and then Raymond being like, hey, we should be cool, guys, we should be cool. And then two people being like, yeah, let's be cool. Let's be cool, man. And behind their backs, they're like, hey, you suck ass. <laughs> That's what this is. It just comes down to sucking ass instead of, I don't know, liking each other's asses. I mean, it's a strong position to take on ass. Oh, man. I like to do a lot of positions on ass. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> Quit cradling your history balls. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. Uh, and that's it. I mean, this goes on four years, and this goes over, like, a bunch of stuff, and I'm sorry that oh, some of this episode is rehashing stuff that we went over, but that's why gangs are so hard to cover, especially gangs of this magnitude, because so many people have different stories, so many people have different ways. I read books, I mean published books written by, and, and published articles in Stanford that talked about how interesting it was that they were called the Baby Avenues and the Baby Cribs, and then that was basically caused by a typo saying, uh, Crips, but it, 
But then you have actual members of the original Cripsats being like, that's never what it was, man. We would never do that dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing... It's kind of crazy to me because, like, it it almost reminds me of, like, the whole story behind 420 of just, like... Oh, yeah. It's just, like, a couple people. Yeah. And they just have this thing. And then all these people are repeating it and they don't even know where it comes from. Exactly. It's like a real... (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I feel like it made so much more sense how confusing and how many conflicting stories there were once we realized they were in high school. Yeah. That's the thing is you're just getting... Because that's the thing is that... I the clips that I showed you, like you saw, are just they're they're old men and yeah. they're recounting stuff that happened As in teenagers, high school. yeah. And so it's just yeah, and everyone wants to look cooler. I mean, I saw countless interviews with people who were like, yeah, yeah, like I was like Raymond's best friend, and then you see somebody else and he's like, yeah, Raymond basically hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like you have all this conflicting shit, and then there's like. This changed the way that gangs are in America forever. And this is a statistic that I found out uh, just out of pure curiosity and the fact that sometimes I fucking love data. Um, There are over 150,000 gang members that we know of in Los Angeles County as of 2005. Dang. That means in Los Angeles County, there are roughly... 31 gang members per square mile yeah. of Los Angeles County. That's insane. Yeah. And that's in 2005. The, the, the problem is, is these numbers kept rising. And in 2005, the LAPD just went, fuck, we don't need to get these statistics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't need to report let's, on let's this. Let's just not so, drive to that part. <laughs> so that's out of 9.8 million people in 2005. Yeah. How... How many people do you say are gay? 150,000. That's still like... That's a lot. That's so many. Yeah. It's an insane amount of people. And the thing is, is that there's there's just so many gang members. There's so many gang members. And the Crips were led by a guy who went by Tookie. And Tookie was such a funny name to me. And I've been doing so much research that I thought I would close you guys out with a list of names that King Baba Louie said were... This is what happened. This is going to be great. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> somebody asked King Baba Louie, if I built a Mount Rushmore for the Crips, who would you put on it? Raymond Washington. Bulldog. Robert Duhon. Thomas Lizard. Deadeye Clint. <laughs> Big Head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Big Chest Larry. <laughs> Donnie Washington. Not all of them are funny. Yeah. Donnie Maxi, a.k.a. Don Juan. Ooh. Doo-doo. <laughs> Just left it at that. Just called a man doo-doo. Just called a grown man doo-doo and then left it at that. Alex Qualls. David Phillips. Cisco. Not... Nothing <laughs> <laughs> more on that. Just Cisco. This one might be my favorite because of the way that he pronounced it, and I'm gonna do it exactly. He said, Samuel Simmons. <laughs> Fernando Jackson, which he pronounced by rolling the R, but really bad. And he said, and who can forget Lil James? <laughs> <laughs> His big chest Larry is still my favorite. <laughs> 
Jesus. That's also a giant Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a big <laughs> Mount Rushmore. really giant, I mean, oh, all man. the mountains. And yeah, camp. it's so funny because he just keeps, he literally, he named all of those. He went, who could forget, Lil James. And there's three seconds of silence, and then he opens his mouth, and you can tell he's going to start saying more people, and the interviewer just goes, uh, next question, next question. <laughs> It just like it kind of feels like the land of the lost boys a little bit. Like oh, there's yeah. just like weird names and it's just like children. Yeah. I'm it's fully like convinced. Lord of the I'm fully convinced these are all just extra names of extras in the Mad Max universe. <laughs> I'm also you can't convince me that Los Angeles isn't the Mad Max universe. It's pretty close. That's why they did that Tupac video the way they did. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is uh, a little fun thing that we want to try. Um, what would your gang name be, guys? Oh, my God. Oh, well, yes, I have a please. juggalo name already. Really? My Ooh. juggalo name is Hatchet Tits. I think that juggles over. I really <laughs> think that. Uh, my, my, best, my bestie friend, her juggalo name is Painsaw Juggler. <laughs> what Which is, that is pretty mean? great. It's painsaw? like chainsaw, but it only causes pain. pain. <laughs> painsaw I feel like every juggler. chainsaw causes pain. At least to trees. And people. We're killing the forest. And Jake everybody. is Ninja Wolf. Ninja Wolf? Were you guys Juggalos together? No. I was never officially no, a Juggalo. No, they were Juggalos independently, and then they became one under the Juggalos. I, I was I was always an ironic Juggalo enjoyer until Juggalette. I heard Juggalette. I was an ironic let until <laughs> I heard the magic that is the song Homies. And I was still pretty much an ironic let, but that song bangs. Yeah, uh, Jake grew up in the sticks where all bored white teenage boys listen to the Juggalos. Listen real, to ICP. Here's a real fun fact. Marked <laughs> under almost every single website under the Allies of the Bloods, the Juggalos. I, I've heard that. Yeah, because the Juggalos are um, classified as a gang, and so they are allies of every gang. Uh, they basically have just contacted almost every gang and been like, hey, I know it says technically, but like, we're just in it for the Fago. Uh, Fago is delicious. And then every other gang went, yeah, okay, Fago, cool, but which color Fago? And they were like, me and my homie stay tight like a noose, and if you step to one of us, you better step to the whole crew. And then every gang was like, can we leave? They smell horrible. <laughs> Do we gotta wear paint? I don't like it. <laughs> Do you know that they covered Christina Aguilar's beautiful? Yeah, you showed me that. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll show you we'll after show you. the episode. <laughs> Andrea, what would your gang name be? Oh, I really don't like gangs. I, oh, is there one that's just like nonviolent? I feel like Lil Crybaby would fit you so well. (laughs) Lil Crybaby is great. But Lil Crybaby is definitely at least the name of 72 Cholos. Oh, for sure. sure. For sure. Uh, What an ironic, because it. Because a lot of times it's like Lil Crybaby has like teardrop tattoos, but he's a giant man. And it's yeah. like funny that his name's Lil Crybaby. <laughs> so like mine would have to be something that's just like obscenely aggressive. What's up, dog? This is, what, what was your hatchet tits? Hatchet tits. What's up, dog? This is a hatchet tits and her fucking homegirl, Big Wawa, dog. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Big Wawa, dog. I feel like if I was going to have a gang name, I'd want it to be one of those like single syllable names where it's just like... Betty or Cher. Cher. Oh my God, my gang name should be Cher. <laughs> and of course, I feel like you can't make up. I feel like a gang name. It's like a, you can't make up your own gang name. If Someone I has could to come give it to you, God, you have to earn it. 
God, I I I want I would give anything to know how the name Doodoo was earned. Oh, I can almost <laughs> undoubtedly tell you he probably shat himself on his first drive by. <laughs> Like, you know that's it. And they're just like, oh, man, you do do now. And that's when he said, shoot him. But the thing is, I thought he had said shit them. And I did comply with what he had thought. Also, I was Raymond's best friend. (laughs) Yes, also, I was Raymond's best friend. Did I tell you about the milk? It is the main contribution (laughs) to why I shit myself. (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, that's what he's called doo-doo. Doo-doo, very nice to meet you. (laughs) Sir, this is a job interview. (laughs) How does he apply? And of course, I'm Big Chess Mondo. Yeah, Big Chess Mondo. Oh, man. Hey, uh, listeners out there, um, I want to give you this little fun exercise. What's your gang name? Please... Tell us. Please tell us. I want to hear all Please about it. Please tweet yeah, it yeah. at us. Tweet it at us at Put Cold Podcast Show. Go on to the Facebook group at uh, www.facebook.com slash Podcast. Or... Email it to us at Show at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also send that bad boy over to our DMs uh, on Instagram at Podcast. And if you, for some reason, absolutely have to send it through snail mail, <laughs> like, I don't know... If you with... want to clip out the each letter oh of Oh my reply God, as a ransom send note. Send us a ransom please note. Please send us a ransom note. Um, also, if you want to send it with, like, a finger from a rival gang member or something like that. You can do that. Or just lots of glitter. Or lots of glitter. at Glitter gang, dog. Glitter gang, glitter gang. Brah! At 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. Yeah, and I wanted to give a quick shout out. So we got an email today. Uh, and I'm going to read a little bit of this. Uh, Hello, good folks from Cult Podcast. I'm writing in response to your comment at the end of the recent episode on the Crips, asking for personal stories about them. I'm about to get into that in just a second. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, no. But I need to gush here for just a second. I love your podcast. No, love is too soft a word. I love Tacos El Pastor. I worship your podcast. Oh, that's that's warming the cockles of my hatchet tits. <laughs> I am addicted to it. I listen to it every morning when I go out for my fat boy runs through the park. Oh my god, I've never related to something. (laughs) Even me walking feels like a fat boy run. We feel you, man. Some of my favorites, the one on the old Russian Orthodox church. Oh, uh, yeah, up in that cave. Yeah. Uh, He says, I lived in Russia for a while. And the Quiverful. Uh, Some of my old friends from high school went off the deep end and went full Quiverful. Oh, yikes. So many rotisseries. My apologies to their lady bits, their perineum in particular. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's so graphic. Uh, Episiotomies for days. (laughs) (laughs) And Satanism. Some of the most hilarious snarky comments about LeVay's children's names. Oh my gosh, they were crazy. Excellent work on all levels. Great research, fascinating topics, and great banter between the three of you. Really one of the best podcasts I've come across, period. Great work, gang. Now to the Crips. Yes. Uh, Okay. Just kidding, I didn't have anything. Okay. (laughs) I used to sell blue bandanas in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) I own a Dodger hat. (laughs) This episode made me think of my old friend from high school. We called him the Homie G, but he actually had a rather boring name, David. (laughs) 
Is he a Jewish crip? Oh, man, I wish. He moved to the suburbs of California, Temecula, not far from where you guys are. We lived uh, with... Mm. Temecula is pretty far. Yeah, it is. It's Uh, only not far if you don't count time. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you drive it, it's always way farther than it seems. You're just like, I should be here by now. Yeah, every time I've ever been in Temecula, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm almost to San Diego. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And then every time I stop in Temecula, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm almost not in Temecula. Um... He lived with his auntie because he had gotten into some kind of trouble in the south side of Chicago. This guy's entire life story read like the intro to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I was Bel-Air. just thinking, I was like, so... Playing turns out, turns out he had been in a gang called the Gangsta Disciples. Very similar stuff to what you guys discussed with the Crips. Began as a community defense back in the day, then evolved into a street gang. David had a religious degree of devotion to the gang. He explained their codes, lingo, even showed us their gang walk. Uh, all the suburban kids laughed at David. <laughs> we thought the walk looked hilarious. Half of us didn't even believe such a gang existed. I mean, gangsta disciples? Isn't that a word only Jesus people use? <laughs> Years later, I found an article in Newsweek dedicated to it. Turns out they're one of the hardest gangs around. <laughs> And I got to be friends with this guy in high school, and he didn't even beat me up. <laughs> he goes on and talks about another cult, uh, which we will talk about possibly in another episode. But I just wanted to say that one comes from David Schmidt. Oh, man, is this David? Oh, my God. Please don't hurt us. Oh, my God. Temecula is very far. Don't drive it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I take back all the stuff I've said about Temecula, man. Oh, stupid. <sighs> stupid, fool. <laughs> Uh, David Schmidt, thank you so much for writing to us. Uh, we also got one more email. Ryan writes, Hey all, been listening to early episodes from the newly available backlog. You're welcome. Thank I you. I fucking did. I stayed up thank until four in the you. morning. <laughs> anyway, on the Source Family episode, Marie talked about drinking Bragg apple cider vinegar. This reminded me of the stuff I came across at work. Background info. I work for a company that sends care packages to inmates across the country. <laughs> and Charles Manson was a regular customer of Shut ours. Shut the what? fuck up. And in recent years, he was drinking apple cider vinegar as well. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew There's Marie. There's a giant jar of it at my office right now. Well. White bitches love that shit. If you guys are interested in the actual brand Manson used to order, I can send you a bottle for you guys to check out. Yes, please. Yeah, of course. Obviously. I'm not going to drink it. Just going to look at it. I want to get, like, Manson thin. I want to get... <laughs> he wasn't... Even when he was, like, dying, he wasn't that thin. Yeah, he was I wanna, just... I wanna, he's just short. I want to get so hot, people go, that guy only has two things. Acid and dune buggies, and I love him. I know. <laughs> I want to get so fit that people go, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice he has a swastika. <laughs> <laughs> well, that did come later. And he closes out by saying, don't drink the crystal light. Cherry pomegranate was a flavor often ordered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, now I need to go find that. A, because I love cherries and pomegranate. Yes. Big fan. But B, I need to know. And that comes to us from Ryan. Uh, And I just wanted to say, guys... If you, uh, if you send us an email, we will read it live on the show. It will be great, and we would love to hear from you. So go ahead and send us that. Send us your gang names on all of the social media. I, I can't wait to see us the gang, gang name. Oh, yeah, send us your gang. Send it to our P.O. box. Oh, my gosh. If you guys want to, like, if you have other cult podcast fans near you and you want to clump and form a gang and take a picture and send it to us, 
Please, we will post that shit. Yeah. That's my favorite thing in the world. We'll have a vote to see what color we're going to be. Yeah, and then we'll set you up in battles. Oh, yeah. Um, Also, hey. The least popular Pokemon color. (laughs) (laughs) And lamest gang color. I was yellow on Pokemon Go. Yellow's also a Hufflepuff color, so, you know. I wanted to be our friend. Welcome to Gangland. This week we're covering... Cult podcast fan group. <laughs> cult podcast fan group started in 2018 when cult podcast was like, "Hey, wouldn't it be fun if we had a gang?" <laughs> they did. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with Juggalo level loyalty to this podcast. Gangland. I just don't know if we like, you know, like how many inhalers are we gonna need? Oh, like, so many. How many? I mean, <laughs> I've, I've got one already. I can get another refill. I just feel like we're not really fit for battle as a group. Hatchet Tits needs to do some cardio. Gangland. <laughs> yeah. Um, My legs are almost as strong as a grown person's arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys. If you want to follow the Westside Cult Podcasters, <laughs> then you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. And if you have amazing juggalo names, please send them to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. And if you want to send me all of your craft-related gang art, uh, please, <laughs> <laughs> please send Please share that with me, too. <laughs> I really... Here's the thing. I love crafting, and I love learning about gangs. And if you could combine them to some artwork, I'd be really... Really thrilled. That'd be great. Uh, send all of that to me on the social media at Sundress Comic. Or if you want to hear about something that's not a gang, but about love, you what can listen. What about the gang of love? Brap? <laughs> <laughs> you can listen. Yeah, and that's when she jumped in my heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the purpose of, of a gang is to <laughs> love. Okay. Andrea and... <laughs> This is actually a really adorable thought, and I'm kind of a fan of it. Uh, but yeah, if you want to jump, get jumped into my heart, go ahead and listen to <laughs> Andrea Loves Everybody. Everybody? Everybody. Um, for this one, I'm going to say don't drink the bagged milk. Oh, oh, God. Never again. Especially in the Los Angeles sun. Ugh. Oh, yeah. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. 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 I'm going to find that crystal light. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all over that shit. (laughs)